Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. making our free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hi, my name's Mara. Welcome to the May Day episode of the Radioactive Show. It was recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri and Kiyani people for 3CR Melbourne. Workers' rights and solidarity are often the focus of May Day. On this Radioactive Show, we take a look at the work done by Aboriginal people around Australia in caring for country. This work is not only mostly unpaid, but also comes at enormous personal cost. Today, we hear from Kiyani woman Regina McKenzie about her work caring for country. My name's Regina McKenzie. Um, um, my mother's Luraja, and on my father's side, I'm Luja Lois, I'm not on my mum's, and on my dad, I am Koyani Wadbi Yurina. My country that where I am at the moment is in my father's country, and um, I sit in at Yapla. To my east is the Ajimatna people, and to the west is um, Koyani. Um, and I, I actually work with um, the, the Kuyani people because at the moment um, the Kuyani's is faces is facing uh, what I would say is called genocide, and it's so terrible that it's um, it's still happening on, in today, in this day and age, that um, a group such as the Kuyani is being totally um, stripped of their, all, all their rights. Now, you take Lake Torrance. Lake Torrance, um, the past government, which was the Labor government, actually done an a independent report into, the, into Lake Torrance, um, which is the Sutton Report. And the Sutton Report actually identified Lake Torrance as Kuyani country traditional owners. Um, myself, my sister and my brother and my sister-in-law were actually named um, traditional owners of the lake. And they were talking about making us into rubs. But with the new government coming in, that all changed. Everything was stopped. So um, right at this moment, the new government, which is Stephen Marshall's regime, gave rights um, for the mining companies to go into Lake Torrance and damage what we... Like, I, we talk about not just our, our tangibles, but our intangibles. Intangibles takes in our spiritual and our, our cultural side of things as, like, storylines and song lines and, you know, my totem and everything that's um, at the moment, and my father's totem that's actually at the moment being um, under threat. We have been told that the Kuyanis cannot put a native title in SANS, which is the South Australian native title, refuses to um, acknowledge Kuyani. They refuse to... Um, um, we, we cannot put in a native title, no matter how much that will strike us out. And what benefit would having native title get? There's so many flaws in that system. There's so many flaws, especially when they um, say that um, Kuyani is Ajimatna, Ajimatna is Kuyani, which is not true. Um, the Kuyani, um, our, our dialect is actually different than the Ajumatna dialect. We've actually got a different dialect. You know, we are a nation within ourselves. And um, it's the Kuyani nation that, um, and the Kuyani languages plus our cultural heritage of the Kuyani that we're trying to save. But, um, yeah, it's something that gets a, it's a real uphill battle. Like, if you take Punkapurana, which was, the first registered storyline anywhere in Australia, that's Kuyani. We have proven that Kuyani 
still exists. They keep saying that Orkwe only had dead, but yeah, which is a bit weird because we're still around. <laughs> and um, it's something that, you know, with um, governments and mining companies and stuff, the the threat of um, of a total annihilation of Aboriginal group um, nations such as the Kuyanis is is a real thing. We we when we fight, we get no help. There's no financial help. There's um, like we we fight with what what we have. We fight with heritage. We fight with our um, you know. It's all self self paid. We yeah. do all that ourselves. Tell me a bit more and about we, the work you do protecting country. Like we we I under heritage, there's no such thing as a a site clearance. That's a myth that the uh, mining companies made up. Um, um, heritage itself is not to be. Is, you're not, not not supposed to even move the heritage. Um, if it's in situ and stuff, you must leave it where it is in place. It's, it's illegal to move it. Yet, mining companies um, get Aboriginal people. They use Aboriginal people, and they and under native title they scare them. They say if you don't move this. We'll take it to ERD court, which is something that nine out of ten, if they go to an ERD court, the mining company would win. Um, What's that court? Can you spell that out for us, please? They call it the ERD court, but I don't know. It's it's something that they, comes up in native title all the time. It's something that they use as a threat mm-hmm. um, on Aboriginal communities. Um, I've heard our own lawyers say to us, if you do not go along with this... Um, you will lose everything. You will not only lose um, the site, you will lose um, all your native title and stuff. That's the big threat that's hanging above, above Aboriginal people. You know, it's, um, it's oppression. Yeah. That's the only thing I can say. Aboriginal people, not just here in, in, in South Australia, but Australia-wide, are oppressed. No arguments here. Hmm. Um. So I know you spend a lot of time on country. Um, there was the fight against the radioactive waste facility the federal government were proposing for mm. next door to Upper Station, next door to your prop, your home. Um, and thankfully that was stopped, stopped but unfortunately it's um, Kimber's facing that threat yeah, now. Um, so you had that and you sp- I know you spent a lot of time out there um, just trying to defend that country and now this Lake Torrens stuff is going on but you've always worked protecting country haven't you Regina? Oh, yeah, it's not just Lake Torrens it's the they've got there's mining companies and tenements all over the place that come in mm. we've just dealt with a, a mining company that um, actually went in on country without no traditional owners whatsoever mm. and um, when we we pulled them up under heritage and then we went out and we done work with them you know um it got to a point where they were actually threatening us with Section 23 under the um, under the um, heritage thing. Now, this Section 23, it talked about um, the minister had the last say. Now, that's what happened with Lake Torrance. The minister, everybody, all Kuyani said no, all Bunkala people said no, all Gugaja people said no, all Ajimatna people said no, all Yakainyada people said no for the lake. Yet, the minister... Um, because he said about COVID and that the state needed money, that he okayed, he okayed, um, he okayed for them to go into the lake. Now, Lake Torrance is not only significant to me, but it's a um, IBA, which is an important biodiversity area. There are five 
species of birds that are on an endangered list. Now, where, where Argonaut is actually working is where these birds nest. So, you know, they're actually playing Russian roulette with five species of birds. Migratory birds that come into Lake Torrance and nest in only in that area. So, you know, um, which is a bit cool. These animals are on, on the endangered species list. You know, because of mining, we might lose, lose five species of birds. It's it's ridiculous. So some people can dig up some minerals and make a profit. Yes, and they're making profit not just off of like they play on the Aboriginal people's poverty. Mm. Now, and that's what happened with the um, waste dump. They played on the Aboriginal community's poverty. They 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 promised and they done a lot of lies. They said, "Oh, you're going to get this money. You're going to get this. You're going to get that money for uh, traditional um, elders' money and all this and that." There, which is a whole lot of hogwash because it was all going into the. Um, they were going to put it into the local um, council, which was the Miss Rangers Council. Um, but they wasn't put all that money in there, and then we had to apply for the money after, which wasn't really. You know, you had to put. You have to have a business and stuff, and not every Aboriginal person's got a business. So, um, and also, what else happens is that when you do go out and you do work with um, people coming in on country, the first thing they say is that, "Oh, Aboriginal people should do it for free. You should be out here doing it for free. We shouldn't have to um, pay you. We will pay for an anthropologist. We will pay for an archaeologist, or or a geologist, or whomeverologist." but we will not pay the Aboriginal people. They expect us to go out for nothing, and and it's not easy work. From sun up till sundown that you're working and you're doing all this walking and stuff, um, you know, trying to um, preserve your culture heritage, and they expect Aboriginal people to do it for free or for a little tiny bit of money. When we try to say that we want to do a business where we want a business for them to treat like any other culture heritage business, because we're Aboriginals, I was like, oh, will they do it? Will you do a good job? Just You might do a good job as a non-Aboriginal person. But actually, the put-down is, is terrible. So you're completely treated with no respect at all, not exactly. compensated, have to put in long days in often harsh environments if the weather's intense out, out there mm. in the Flinders Ranges. And you, you don't get compensated when all the white fellas with you know, degrees or whatever get, you know, fly, flown in and properly yeah. paid. Yeah, and they will pay, they will pay a, an anthropologist $3,000 a day. Yeah. For a little bit of money, they were like, oh, no, that's too much. And they will try and whittle it down. Yeah, yeah. We need the government to change and stop the systemic racism. Yeah. Because that's what it is, it's, it's, it's systemic racism. And what systemic racism does is it is, it is causing culture genocide within the Aboriginal communities. Yeah. It, it's, and it's, this adds on to the intergenerational trauma of Aboriginal people. Exactly. It adds on to our problems within our communities. Problems such as alcohol abuse, drug abuse, and illicit drug use and stuff. It goes back, you know, the Aboriginal people are not making excuses for them. But the thing is, if you have a look at what happens to people who are oppressed, this is what the psychological impact on mm. the Aboriginal people is because of the oppression. And it also causes lateral violence, as you saw, you yourself saw it in my community. Yeah. The, um, the poverty of our, our, our communities and stuff, how we are kept into poverty, no matter how, how um, educated an Aboriginal person is, 
you know, a non-Aboriginal company would get a job before an Aboriginal people. You know, it, the, um, it, it, it's something like this. It, it, it's terrible how they do it. And I remember saying um, you have to respond really quickly when you know, a government representative would turn up to the Flinders Rangers to talk about the waste dump and you and other people in your community would have to drop everything to be them, be there when they wanted to be with no notice and they were getting paid and they no. got to pick the agenda and the timing and you just had to drop everything and share your knowledge and experience and skills. You're listening to the May Day episode of the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Kiani woman Regina McKenzie about the unpaid work done by Aboriginal people caring for country. Um, we lost, well, I lost two nephews within three months. My sister had lost her one and only son. And um, two weeks after we um, had the funeral, the continuous abuse happened to her again. And it was, that was, that's still something, that's still something that hurts us. Of course. You know, we sit and we think, you know, um, we, um, they totally... In our culture, we are meant to, our families are meant to get together when we lose somebody. We are meant to sit and comfort each other yeah. and be there for each other. That waste dump actually stole that from us. That's a yeah, massive, unseen cost of the fight that you've had yeah. land on you. And, it, you know, for it to happen to that nephew, to our little Curly, who was... He took his culture seriously. He was out there. He used to go out and do work in on country and stuff, just like us. Mm. And then when he passed away, you know, he had respect for each and every one of his his aunties, which he called each and all his aunties, called them all mum. Mm. And his cousins were his brothers and sisters. Um, to lose him and for people to, for that, for the government to break down our um, our extended family system, you know, that was that was horrible. That you know, it was something that the government should be ashamed of themselves. They make they make people like myself myself, my sister Heather and my sister Vivian, they make us out like we're the bad people. And all we are doing is we're we're standing up for our rights, we're standing up for our culture and mm. our our land. You know, we're saying no, enough, enough. You know, you've got enough mining companies. You've got enough this anywhere in the country. Mm. You know, something's going to have to. So, especially in the lake region here, in around Lake Torrance, something's going to give, and it's going to be our our environment that's going to give. Yeah, and your environment's you know, and so tied to the culture that that's another form of cultural genocide, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, the mining companies obviously stand to make a lot of profit out of all, all of this, what what possible things can you gain and your community gain out of all of it? It doesn't sound like there's a lot that's, you know, a win for you. It just seems like there's one cost after um, another. They talk about, they talk about, they will compensate the Aboriginal people, give them, it's, it's crumbs that they give the Aboriginal people. Mm, and they're always with conditions. The people who get rich are the shareholders. yeah. The shareholders and the um, corporate bodies—they're the ones who get rich, and they will—they will throw crumbs at the Aboriginal people like the little birds, you know. Yeah. Mm, this is something that I keep saying to the Aboriginal people, like, and when Aboriginal people see, 
oh, wow, they're going to put a million dollars in your account. You know, to an average person, that's a lot of money. It's because of the poverty. Yeah. To a government, to a government or to the um, mining companies, that's, that's just pittance. Yeah. And this is what they don't understand. They're taking something so important of our, you know, Australia, the amount of money that goes in from mining companies into the government, all right, from uh, big mining corporations and stuff, that goes in, it's stolen commodity. Yeah. We're stealing from our culture heritage. What they're actually mining is our her- culture heritage, is our so- stories and song lines. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mining them. And the thing is, is that nobody's given the respect back to the Aboriginal people or our belief system. And then they expect us, they, then they like, they treat us like we're the bad people because we're trying to stop this system from happening because we, we're tired of the impact on us. Yeah. Yet they paint us as the bad people. Oh, they're stopping progress. They're stopping money from going into our state. Our coffers are running dry. You know, State South Australian government, if the mining companies were so great, we've got BHP, we've got all minerals and stuff, South Australian government should be rolling in the cash, but they're not. Mm. Because, you know... Well, they don't pay proper taxes, those companies. They yeah, just take. Yep. They don't, BHP don't even pay for the water. They take from the Great Artesian Basin. The amount of work that the Aboriginal people do and put into... Um, trying to preserve culture, trying to preserve our culture, heritage and stuff. Um, the in-kind work that they do amounts to, um, if I got paid for the work I've done, I'd be a millionaire. I reckon we need to send the government an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> so you hear a lot about workers' rights, about how people are exploited or underpaid and that sort of stuff, which is, of course incredibly serious but especially with work like what you do caring for country you work so hard um do you have any other thoughts on the unpaid labor that you and other aboriginal people do that's actually something that's normal that's just um, how it's always been isn't it it's how it's always been doesn't make it okay it's regina it's either unpaid or it's underpaid yeah you take an anthropologist for for instance, an anthropologist comes in and speaks to Aboriginal people. They then go back to the thing and they ask the Aboriginal people, oh, what's going on? And you, you tell them what's going on. They then go and say to whomever they're working for, I think that they're saying this. It's mm-hmm. not what... They don't say, well, the Aboriginal people are saying this. They're saying, we think this is what they are saying. And then when you read what they've said, it's like, no, I didn't say that. You didn't. <laughs> it's, it's just like... Um, what are the cuts of cost? Take out the middleman and just talk directly to the Aboriginal people. We're our own. We are our own experts. Yes, yeah, so get... what you would pay an anthropologist. Yeah, I was just about to ask you what changes you would like to see, and you beat me to it. Yeah, go straight to the straight to the source. You guys have got all this knowledge. The knowledge of Aboriginal people within not just here in the Flinders Range, but all over Australia. Imagine if they were to. Um, Imagine if they were to work with the Aboriginal people and get the um, the knowledge systems up and going, like culture science, mm. stuff like that. Thing, because our culture is science. You know, um, science is, um, if you look at the definition of science, it's to be observed. We've had forever to observe this land and country. Mm. 
Well, Regina, I hope that sometime in the very near future, your work and efforts and that of other members of your family and the wider Australian Aboriginal community get acknowledged and respected and also paid properly because I know how hard you work. I know that you're not alone in that. There's many Aboriginal people around the place standing up and working really hard for country without any pay. And on this May Day, I think it's important to acknowledge all the unpaid labour that goes, which that goes out in the world and that you just... It's not that you just don't get paid, that it comes at such a huge cost. It's the cost. Like, I will I will fight for my culture, heritage, for nothing forever, you know? It's because I love it. It's yeah. who I am. Um, my culture is me. I am my culture. I am my land. My land is me. Yeah. And, you know, I will defend it. But it's at, it's at the cost. It, it, it's the emotional... Um, you know, because of the waste, I, I have a problem where I I must have uh, diazepam on me at all times because from the amount of stress that we had whilst we were fighting waste, my um, my um, chest would would um, cramp mm. and it will start crushing my heart. So I've got to take diazepam so that my my own body doesn't destroy my own heart. Yeah, oh, wow. This is the sort of stuff that um, that people don't realise the um, the pain and the and the sickness of that. Yeah, and it's and it's this emotional is, um, and it's physical. Right. It's it's emotional, but it's also the physical impact on our bodies and stuff. Um, you know, it's it's something that it it's just it's mind-boggling what mm. happens to Aboriginal people. You know. Yeah. You know, when I look and I see the non-Aboriginal people, I was really upset about waste up in the area, and I thought, oh, wow, you're feeling something that we live with on a daily basis. This is what we're born into. We're born into the stress. And you have it every day. And, you know, a lot of people, I see a lot of people talking about other countries and stuff like Palestine and all, and that there are all these other different places that are oppressed. You know, Australians want to really stop and look into their own backyard and see the oppression that they are doing to the Aboriginal people. Mm. Look at the oppression that the Aboriginal nations are living under. Not just one nation, but all the, um, it's about a 500 and something nations that are living under, under an oppression. And a fear that tomorrow might, might end our, 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 our systems might be totally um, destroyed. And it's because of the whittling down of Westerners coming in, foreign governments um, dictating to Aboriginal people and oppressing us. Like we had the stolen generation, but mm. we also got land theft. We also got stolen commodities, all right? We've got stolen lives. We've got stolen everything. Everything's stolen. Mm. No matter how you look at it. Now, here in South Australia, when they first came here, every um, settlement... Um, settler was meant to purchase land off the native inhabitants. Not one of them has done it. They just took it from you guys? Yeah, we sit here at Yapla and we got to pay land rates. Mm. $23,000 a year land rates so that we can keep a land that was meant to be given back to us. For our own traditional land, we've got to pay our white man's land rates. That is outrageous. That's outrageous. 
and that's the sort of stuff that we live. And they've also capped where we can't get any loans and stuff. There's a cavity over the top of where we can't go to the bank and get loans to start businesses. Because you're an Indigenous protected area. They they set us up so that we, to fail. Yeah. They make it look good on paper, but in everyday life, it, it, they make it. They make sure that we fail. And then they say, oh, look what we've done for these Aboriginal people. We put all this money into it, and they lost it. They wasted it. They've done this. They've done that. Rah, rah, rah. And they go on about all the things. Yet they fail to tell everybody that they made it near impossible for those Aboriginal people to thrive. Mm. That guy's a bit of a thing like, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This is nuts. That's such a true statement. We are not saying it because we want to make the rest of Australia feel bad about it. We're just telling it's the truth and straight up think that's the truth. This was and it always will, was and it always will be our, our land and our culture. We are, we are the land and we are um, the people of this land. It's so good to talk to you about all this, Regina, even though a lot of the content just makes me want to cry. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for taking the time and talking about it. It needs more more airplay about um, what's happening in the Aboriginal community at grassroots levels, you know? I think Um, so. Yeah. Like, you get all these people that are sitting up on the government thing to make it Aboriginal people get all these tokenism jobs and stuff to do these so-called token um, projects and stuff for Aboriginal people, you know. It's the grassroots people that they, you need to get out. Exactly. You, you guys are quite capable of doing things for yourselves. Things yeah. were quite fine before Captain Cook and his crew showed up. Oh, I think we've done a great job before they come up. This, the whole of Australia was like a one big garden. <laughs> Then they turned up and messed it up. Yeah, and, and then now they think they know what's best for you. It's genius. Yeah, that's what um, I find ironic. Mm. You know, you have non-Aboriginal people saying, oh, you eat the food that we think. Like, um, hello, silly Billy. <laughs> your cattle, your sheep and everything totally wiped out my food, which mm. was a very high, it was one of the best fit foods. High environment and, and antioxidants, you know. Yeah. Um, and then they put us on tea, sugar, and thing, which actually took our immune systems down. So you know, they've done a lot. They've got a lot to answer for. It's amazing. Well, I hope things improve, and the more noise we make about the inequity and the exploitation, hopefully, it will move things in a better direction. Um, Thanks again, Regina, for your time. Now, you know to shout out if there's anything we can do to help or amplify your voice. Yep, no problem. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much to Kiani woman Regina McKenzie for talking to us about her experience of working unpaid for years, caring for country and the huge personal cost that this is for her and the many other Aboriginal people in so-called Australia that fight to protect their country and culture. While on May Day, people around the world stand in solidarity with workers, it's important that unpaid workers are also remembered and acknowledged. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. 
The Radioactive Show was produced with the support of Friends of the Earth's Ace Nuclear Free Collective in the studios of 3CR on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear, peace and energy issues.